Welcome to Chicago's Black Business Network, Entrepreneurs Rock, and you know it. Our shout-out today is to Mr. Frank Coleman. Frank is associated with Legal Shield and has been for quite some time. And he wanted to know if you've ever needed an attorney and could not afford it. The small monthly payment to Legal Shield is well worth it to be able to pick up the phone and get your questions answered. Visit www.frankcoleman.com. That's frankcoleman.com. School choice. Choice allows parents to select the best educational fit for their children. Almentia Academy is a year-round premier pre-K through 12 online school with a fully accredited STEM curriculum. Almentia Academy has more than 250 courses, including programs for homeschooling, college readiness, and online tutoring. Want the convenience and flexibility of educating your children at home? Then visit us today at almentiaacademy.com, where the learning never stops. Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. All black, all news, all you. We're changing the way Chicago communicates with the world. CBBN Business Journals, weekdays at 11 a.m. CST. The Tough Questions, weekdays at noon. To listen now, Visit Chicago's Black Business Radio Network.com. Sonia Cassandra Perdue, Executive Producer. Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, all black, all news, all you. Good morning. Welcome to CBBN Business Journals on Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. I'm Sonia Cassandra Perdue, Executive Producer, and your host for this segment. Our web-based broadcasts are designed to service the African-American community in Chicago and around the world. And we've interviewed people from all over. We've really made some great connections. We took a little rest, uh, but we're back. As a matter of fact, I guess this morning, Ms. C. Lynn Williams does appear in our archives, but in a different way. She did an episode where she read an excerpt from one of her books, and I'm going to Place that link on our show page so that you can listen to that as well. When I received Ms. Williams' blog in my email, I, it resonated with me so deeply that I had to invite her to a show to discuss the topic of the blog, which was, hey, parents, what are you wearing? Some of you may remember a few months ago when social media exploded with comments. Everybody had a position on what parents wear to school, their child's school. I'm going to let Ms. Williams relay the story, but I have a, a very short incident that I want to share with you that happened to me when I was five years old. It was Parents' Day, our first one, and all the parents were called up to the school. Uh, my mother came up, and she was the last one to arrive. She was about 23 at that time. She came through the door, and she was wearing a white blouse and black stretch pants. I was a little shocked because I seen all the other parents come in, okay? And it was like someone didn't tell her what she was supposed to wear because they were all dressed up like motherly type of things, you know? And here she comes <laughs> like this swinger in these black stretch pants. And so I was feeling a little embarrassed, and I can't relate all my feelings, you know, from, you know, 60 years ago. But lo and behold, while I was having this little baby drama I was having, the cutest little boy in the class came over and told me that the boys had taken a vote and that my mother was the prettiest mother. Leave it to little men boys to look at the situation totally differently. <laughs> and I'm going to ask your opinion about that. But we're going to have Ms. Williams 
relay you relay to you the most recent subject that got all the tongues wagging. But let me share a little bit about her before I bring her on because she wears so many hats. She's known as Miss Parent Guru. That's her hashtag, Ms. Parent Guru. C. Lynn Williams is an author, educator, public speaker, and family strategist. As a mother and wife, she is committed to the development of strong, healthy families. Her website is www.clynnwims.com, and she's going to share with us how, how she does it and how she wants to help families meet those family challenges. And you know, I know, we all know that families do have challenges. Welcome to the show, Ms. Williams. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I love talking to you and listening to you, Miss Sonia. You have a wonderful voice and wonderful stories. I'm still laughing about the stretch pants. <laughs> <laughs> love the stretch pants. Love it. Love I get it. you. I get you. Um, uh, I want to so, share a little bit about mm-hmm. you first. Uh, we're going to share a little bit, okay. just a little tiny bit about you because you know these shows go very, very fast. And uh, how did you choose this particular field, or how did it choose you? How did that work out? You know, it's funny, and you're right. Sometimes the field choose you. They, you don't choose them. I, I was on my way to being something else and got stopped with a divorce, and life changed for me. I, st- I was still a, you know, a corporate mom, working mom, had kids, but I started looking at our surroundings a little differently and and how the boys, my daughter was just starting high school, how the boys were looking at her. Um, I didn't like that too much. Um, and just, you know, I thought it was really interesting how her friends had a lot more, mm, what do you call it, uh, flexibility in going, what time they went home and all of that kind of stuff. And so their rules were very different from what I had for my kids. And so I started writing about it, never intended to write, be a writer, hated writing in school, did it just to get the grade, um, and then all of a sudden, you know, this is a, you know, this is now a new calling. It's God asking me to weigh in on, you know, what I thought parents could do, needed to do, might want to do in order to keep those relationships going with their kids, and um, and here I am four books later, soon to be five with my father-daughter book. That's another story. Um, I do want to just okay. talk about what what got me started on this particular topic, and then we can go back, you know, if that's okay with you. Yeah. So I used to teach high school boys, and so it's funny when you said the comment about the young man saying your mom was the prettiest, because she probably was. But he was looking at her physically, and I, and I think that's my first thing that I that I think about when parents, particularly mom parents, go up to school. You know, when we, you know, we're representing not only ourselves as mothers, but we're also representing our families. We have to remember our kids are going to hear that every day for the rest of the school year. Um, about what your mom looked like, whether it was good, bad, or indifferent. And so as adults, we think it doesn't matter. I got to run up to the school and take lunch, and I'm and it's okay if I have my house slippers on or if I have my, you know, my sleep cap on. But it is not okay because you never know who's going to see you, and that's how we grew up. My mom and dad were like, 
you leave this house representing us and yourself, you are not going to embarrass us, right? That's how we, right? Weren't you raised that same way? You are not going to embarrass us. So, the, you know, what the principal in Houston was talking about is that you've got these mothers coming up to the school, um, especially, you know, depending on the age. Uh, I might dress a little more risque. I might, you know, have a tighter top on. But if you're around prepubescent boys, you know, hormonal boys, they're going to look at you. And some of them, depending on how they're raised, may try to touch you, and now you're mad. And so I just think that um, there's so much, This it's like a it's like a gunpowder keg or something like that that easily explodes. You don't want anybody to touch you. You want everybody to respect you, so you got to respect yourself. Absolutely. Our guest today is Lynn Williams, and she's a public speaker and family strategist, and our Uh, Subject today is what parents to wear to school and do we have the right to even tell them what to wear to school? I think that uh, incident exploding brought it to the table. Social media is crazy. We know how they act on everything. It all gets (laughs) blown up. But it was a conversation Mm -hmm. that needed to be had. um, Oh, definitely. School by school by school. Because some people do think that they should wear exactly what they want to and I had a lady tell me that she works she when well, she works with young girls and I had a problem with her and you know, that didn't work out well. So she tells them they could wear anything they want. No, wait a minute. No, you can't tell them no. that. What? You can't tell them that. No. <laughs> you can you know, we're not supposed to judge them what they're wearing. Oh, wait a minute, what you what you talking about? You don't have any business being around children. But it was, it was a conversation that needed to be had and needs and probably needs needs to be continued. Uh what was the conclusion on that, Miss Williams? With that school, so, do you know? It it's funny, my um she made the she made the doc, you know, like she basically said when you come up to this school, you will need to wear whatever. I don't even got, think I got to see the list of what she wanted them to wear, but she gave them a dress code, like shirt and pants, you know, no really tight tops with the boobs poking out. Um, and in our school, you know, I teach um, I teach school part-time in the city colleges, and we say no butts, no guts, no coconuts. And it's real, you know, everybody laughs about it, but we're serious because, you know, you're influencing your audience, your clients, um, people. I mean, I know we say, you know, I am who I am and I should be able to do what I want to do. However, in this global society that we live in, we are we are judged by a lot more people in a lot of different countries with a lot of different customs. And, you know, people don't, you know, not everybody, as my mom used to say, is wrapped too tight. So you're going to have somebody that, you know, whether you're dressed appropriately or not, that will, you know, try to come on to you. But I think more importantly, and this is how I like to explain it, it's a manner of respect. And, you know, if you leave out of the house in your sleep clothes, you know, what are you saying to your kids? I mean, like, really, what are you saying? What You know, what is the message that's going on at home? Because we're really – our goal is to, and this is what I love to talk about, is what are we sending our kids out with? You know, what? how are we preparing them 
for future because you know you can't go to work in any job in your pajamas. Not unless you sell in pajamas, right? I mean, and even then they want you to have a nice shirt and, and skirt or something. You know what I mean? Am I right? Like, <laughs> I'm trying yes, to figure it, out where in I can the go intimate wear department, you're not wearing your bra and panties. So. <laughs> no, you're not. No, you're so, not. It is not appropriate. And when we, and when we, you know, I think that in this, in this, you know, 21st century where everything gets shown and blown up as that did, you know, you really got to think about how you want to show up. And I think that that's where parents can really make a difference. How do you want your kids to show up? And however you show up is how your kids are going to show up. So if it's good enough for mom to walk out with her whatever, you know, not stretch pants, forget stretch pants. Some of those pants that the ladies are wearing now, Sonia, are so tight that you can see not only their imagination but yours. I mean, like, there's nothing, you know, that's hidden, you know, or it's too short. <laughs> or, I mean, like, I and then you see everything. I know. It's, isn't it something? You got to look at everything. <laughs> you see there, you, you know, get to see You it. don't want to look at it, but it's looking at you. So what do you do? It's oh, it's everywhere. peeking. Look, it's it's showing, it's showing, and I Everywhere. mean, like you know, I, when we were growing up, I can remember there were, and this is what I said in my blog, there were things that I could wear on the block, and everybody that grew up in the time period I grew up, they understand the block. Everybody knows what the block means. So when you leave the block, which means you leave the neighborhood, you leave off of your street that you live on, then there's another set of things that you are going to wear. So we couldn't wear shorts off the block, you know, short shorts, we call them fun buns. Some of them call them, I don't know what they call them now, Daisy Dukes, but really short shorts are appropriate probably in front of your house, maybe behind your house, but certainly not on the bus, you know, um, walking down the street, going to school. Everywhere. You know, so. Everywhere. Right? Mm -hmm. Everywhere. I understand. I would give an example. A young lady was waiting for waiting on me in Jewel, and she was young. She was a cashier, and a young man was bagging, a little handsome little man, and he liked her, but he said something inappropriate, and I looked at him, and she looked at me, and she said, you know what? I like him, but you can't take him everywhere. You know, I'm mm-hmm. like, ah, she got it, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. And you can't take mm-hmm. some people everywhere because they haven't had these conversations uh, and they haven't been raised. In that way, um, a lady mm-hmm. from the Filipino said, you know, these people not talk things, they don't know things. I said, yeah, they know. They they know. <laughs> you know, it's not that they've never been told, you know, in 30 years that, you you know, you don't do that. They just want to do what they want to do, you know. They know. You know, they know. Yeah, but you let know me, what? Let me ask oh, you. I, oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Let me I was ask just you. Say you one said more that thing you, about that. Go, go ahead. <laughs> I was okay. just thinking that. So just to take it a step further, so it's really awesome to have the kind of conversations that we're talking about. You know, you can't assume. I was talking to some parents in a a training last week about how you, when you have young kids, you got to teach them how to blow their nose, how to tie their shoes. They don't come here knowing that. And so you can't assume your your young people, your, you know, your adolescents know the importance of how to dress and, and, I was talking about social manners and etiquette, but the same thing with the how you dress because how you're perceived. And so if you don't talk to them 
like in the three, four, five, six, seven, eight year old stage, then by the time they're teenagers, where you think they ought to know it and they don't know it, then you really can't tell them because they are now not easily impressionable. Does that make sense? It does. You just can't tell them nothing, buddy. You, you gotta really get can. it in before you that. <laughs> you gotta get it in because they're fighting with those hormones and everything else, and they know everything. <laughs> let me ask, let me ask you something. Uh, you know, we got about ten minutes left. Let me ask you a question. Um, what's the most difficult period of parenting? You've been through all of them. I have no children. Uh, what's the most difficult period of parenting? You know what? That's Age a great range. question. And I think that the the most difficult parenting is probably the teenagers because that's when I started writing when my daughter became a teen. But the most difficult time for the young people, I believe, is the middle school because the middle school is a tough that's that, that training ground right there is really tough. And if you're not paying attention as a parent, you're not even hearing the, the warning signs. You know, uh, when your, your daughter starts to withdraw, you know, she's nice and vibrant. She gets into middle school, and now the girls, the mean girls are talking to her, or they're pulling her in, and now her whole personality has changed. Same with mm-hmm. your young men. You know, I say that like fifth, sixth grade, is really tough for the young men because they either have to put up or shut up. So if you haven't gotten your words in parents about how for them to stand up on themselves and be leaders, then they're going to lose that, you know, that middle school, you know, early high school. That's tough. And then now you got a lot of hormones on top of that as a teenager, I think is really difficult for parents. And, and let me ask you this. Uh, I guess it's Ms. Williams. She's an author, public strategist, a public speaker, a family strategist. Uh, are they having parenting classes in school? I mean, they can barely have art classes. But do they, since I don't have children in uh, elementary school or high school, do they have these discussions in school? Well, what, what I have been doing is I have been working through with CPS and some of the suburban schools, and uh, they have called Parent University, and they offer, you know, classes, because I teach them, uh, on parent engagement. And so underneath parent engagement, we talk about communication, and we talk about discipline, and we talk about a number of topics to help parents. You know, the issue then is, do I feel like, as I, you know, I, I'm a parent, I'm a good parent, I already know what to do, but do you really know what to do? Like when, when when that child first stands up to you and says whatever they say to you and you literally decide, I'm going to kill them today or, you know what I mean? Like sometimes you just look at them like, I don't even recognize you anymore. That's We have classes to help with that. But not everybody participates, you know, or mm-hmm. hears about them. It really depends on where they're located and that kind of thing. Sometimes the people who really need to participate don't participate in a whole lot of things. Uh, my philosophy, our problem is not the people that you see at the meetings, it's the people that you don't see. Uh, so we exactly need to it. get to mm-hmm. one by one. They're the ones They're the ones missing in action in the problem out there. Uh, one by one, those are the ones we need to pull out the house and pull out their circles that they've been in. 
uh, and change their mindset because without that, our communities won't change. That's that's how I look at it. There, that's where the problem lies, right there. They oh, won't come absolutely. to the events. They won't come to school. They won't come anywhere. They're not coming. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it. you know, we it's funny you say that. Them. I met a lady. Real quick, I met a woman. Um, I actually was at a school, had gone uh, a day early to help pass out flyers during the time that parents drop off their kids and everything. And there was a woman who was literally yelling across the, I don't even know what you call it, but like the entrance of the school, she was still in, at her car and she was yelling something that was unmentionable to her son because he had done something that she didn't appreciate. And so, you know, it's funny, I said, I caught her on the tail end, I gave her a flyer to come to the class, which was going to be the following day. And she literally cursed me out. I don't need so blah, 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 blah. You know, I, I feel like you should just, you know, and she went off and told me what, I, you know, she thought the kids should be doing. Okay. Well, the following week I was at a different school teaching a class, series of classes, and she showed up. I almost fell out. I was like, what is she doing here? She's at the wrong school, you know. And and she was still quite outspoken, but at the end of the class, and this is why I agree with you completely, she said, are you doing any more of these? Because I really need these classes. They are, you know, they really taught me a lot. Because she couldn't, her son wasn't communicating. Well, I guess not, because she was yelling and, you know, he was by that time eighth grade, taller than most men right now, and embarrassed by this little woman who's cursing them out, you know, and that's just not going, that's not the way to draw the the students in, our, our kids in. Well, it, you know, bless her heart that she did sit down and have a moment where she recognized, well, you know, I may need to talk to somebody uh I may need to talk. She didn't want to talk to you, probably. She didn't know she was going to talk to you. But I may need to talk to somebody. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And, of course, this scared me to death because I'm like, oh, no, here she is again. But she really, you're right, there's there's a group of us that can really stand to hear it, you know, nice and clear, unvarnished, and then and have a discussion. Now, you have a particular philosophy about being a parent. Can you share that with us? I do. I believe that parents um, are not here to be friends with our kids. Um, I think that it's important for us to show, have boundaries that the kids feel safe. Now, it doesn't, it doesn't play out like that, but that's, you know, when you, instead of trying to, you know, hang out with your kids or have drinks with them or smoke weed or whatever that is, you know, you, it's really important for you to say, you know, this is how it goes, here are the consequences, and then hold on to those. Because as the kids are getting older, their whole world is changing. That's why, you know, the hormones are kicking in, you know, the, the unfamiliarity with, you know, some friends can do some things you can't, why can't I do them? I'm going to hit up against that boundary that you're setting for me. And if it moves, well, then I'm, I'm the one in control. Oh, okay, I'm in control. Now, this is the kid talking. So if the parent doesn't hold the line, then that's why we have some of the challenges that you see and read about on the, on the news. It starts at home. 
it starts at noon. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? I've been thinking, Ms. Williams, that part of the problem, and it, it, we have layers of problems, and people have layers of problems, um, with the African-American community is that we don't have a recognizable tradition of the rites of passage that we define for our young people in an Afrocentric manner and mentality and way how they move from their adolescence uh, to their adulthood. Um, Do you think that that's part of the problem? There's no definition for them. How, How do we know? what we're supposed to do if it's not defined for us. If if you don't tell us, well, now you're 16 and this is what expected of you. No, who had those conversations? I've never had it. You know, I just decided <laughs> what I'm doing now. Do you think that would make But you know what? Well, here here's the thing, and you're talking about custom, because um, that's, well, that's what I put them, put them to is, is what okay, so I'm this age now, what is the family custom? You know, what's the community? What's my my uh custom as a African American or whatever other color you are? But you know, I really believe like um at home there's nothing being established. So it wouldn't matter if we said, Okay, we're gonna have rights of passage so that when for example, young ladies, you know, start to receive their menses, this is what you do. But if nobody's talking to you at all and you're basically having to find your way, that's really the breakdown to me. It's not just that we don't have we're not establishing our rights of passage. You know, it's it's that there's no communication because maybe a generation before didn't have the communication. And so, you know, I know when we were growing up, for example, not only did I have my mother and father. I had my grandparents on both sides. I had all the neighbors, everybody in the neighborhood could, could, you know, punish me. They could say to me, what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Whatever I was doing that they didn't think I was supposed to do. Then they tell my mother and my dad. And then, so, I mean, like there was a whole, the community, the village that we talk about, that's the breakdown. So the fact that if I see your kid you know, smoking, and I say to them, hey, are you supposed to be smoking? Because they're eight. And you, and you come back as the parent and curse me out. You, I'm not going to do that again, right? And so, you know, part of it, I think the large part of it is that we, I, I'd like to see us reestablish our village rules, our, you know, whoever's on, where you that lives around you is fair game to be chastised, to be talked to, you know, maybe maybe your mom is working two jobs and she has not talked to you about your menstrual cycle, but you know you can go next door to Ms. Jones and Ms. Jones is going to have you come in and have some, you know, milk and cookies and she's going to say, hey, baby, what's going on? And she's going to, and you're going to tell her, you know, this is what happened to me today and she's going to talk to you and your mom's not going to be mad, you know, and I think that that's, we need to reestablish that first and have that consistently in the families, within the family, and then start back up our customs of things that we do when boys become young men 
you know, and how they, you know, go through school and, and all of those kinds of things. But it, start, it really starts at home. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm older now, so I go way back. We had health classes. Maybe I don't know how, mm. how long that continued after us, but we had little health classes, so they were able to talk to us a little bit about that. I don't know what they were saying to boys because they separated us. Separated us, but uh, that was a that was a little bit helpful. Nobody else said a word to me. I wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't know day from the night, you know. So that what? that was that was a benefit, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. As well as having home economics and that type of thing. So that's how far I go back. We had those little things to help us, and they were a benefit. To I remember us, home you know? I definitely remember oh, okay. home ec. And I, you know, so I mean, I think that you know, and they've taken that out of the school. So you don't, you know, so people who, you know, I know that everybody's supposed to go to college, or at least that's what we tell everybody, but there are some of us who like working with our hands, and we're really good at that. And I say, you know, why why not instead inspire the kids, give them both choices? You know, I believe you can have book knowledge and also a trade, and who knows how you're going to have to make your way, especially, you know, like like you said, when we were growing up, you had industries that employed you for the rest of your life. That's not happening anymore. So you need to have, what's the backup plan? And I think that's the other thing that, you know, is, has decimated our communities when industries pull out, you know, how are we going to make our way? How are we going to feed our families? And so I think part of this generation is not only teaching our children, yes, stay in school and get your education, but also what else do you like doing? And let's talk about that. Maybe you're the kid that's going to come up with the Wiz app, and the app is going to make you millions of dollars, and you're going to be able to employ, you know, half of your your you know friends from the community. I mean, like I don't know, but that's that's what's available now, and that Absolutely. conversation needs to take place as well. Absolutely, and hopefully it will, it will start taking place more and more and more. And I've had that conversation. Uh, we're looking at people who are over money and over training who maybe need to remove themselves because we need to train people for the future and they still have these old mindsets. And uh, that seems to be a problem in some sectors. So I've been told, I've been talking to some people. But uh, Ms. Williams, close us out. Do you have some final words for our listeners? Oh, I do. Um, I think that there's lots to be uh, to have hope for, you know, I, I believe that you can establish a relationship with your child, whether they're young or whether they're an adult. Um, you can start, just start today. You know, it, it won't be easy necessarily, depending on how long it's been since you guys communicated. Um, I think that when you show people that you care, as opposed to trying to tell them what to do, it comes off, it feels differently. And, um, and I think that if you have a great family and great relationship, then reach out to those that don't. You know, if you are somebody that women love talking to, young women, then start a, a support group. You know, if you are an entrepreneur and you can employ somebody, do that. I mean, so that's what will make our communities whole again and give our young people more hope. Wonderful. I sure of course, appreciate you book. being here. <laughs> I appreciate you being here. You want to mention your book for us, please? I do. I do. I want to talk about uh, the newest one that's coming out, 
Um, and thank you again, you know, just before I say that, I want to just thank you for the opportunity. Uh, it's people like you that I'm talking about who have reached into the community and say, you know, hey, what are you doing? Let's tell people about it. And I, so uh, this latest book that I've written, because I do believe in family, staying together and loving each other, it has to do with relationships between dads and, and their daughters. It's called Daddy Daughter Thoughts. And uh, we're finishing up. The book is written. It's been edited. And I'm hoping to have it out. I thought Father's Day, but it's probably be more like uh, July time frame. And uh, I just, you know, anybody, if you've ever wanted a relationship with your dad, whether he was in your home or not, or if you were dad and you lost touch with your daughters, this is the book that you want to have a copy of or several copies. You know, in recent times I've been talking, I've did a few shows on with people who are advocates for fathers' rights and that type of thing. And it seems the general conversation out here is about the relationship, fathers and sons, and what the effect uh, on the black community of them not having the contact with their fathers. And my thing is that the the girls suffer as well. Me and my father, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I had someone out of D.C. come in and talk talk about that. And I said, we're always talking about the effect on sons. Well, it has an effect on daughters as well. They have a relationship with their father, not understanding that female-male relationship. They're all female-male, but they don't understand that relationship, you know. Uh, and I love my father, and my father loved me. And I think, and I don't know, Ms. Williams, you're the specialist, women who have good relationships with their fathers or have strong relationships with their fathers are different women than the women who don't have those relationships. Oh, absolutely. They're just different. Absolutely. absolutely. You, have, you have more com- You have a confidence that, uh, that nobody really can shake. You know, and, they and can't I, shake it. it <laughs> they can't shake it. I mean, like, I've written about mothers and daughters, but, but God gave us two. You know, not to say that one lives with you for the rest of your life. You know, I know things happen, but when you when you have a, a relationship, strong that first relationship with a man is your dad, then he's going to tell you stuff that has a different impact than what if your mom said it. Period. That's just it. And so, and you will choose men differently based on having a relationship with your father than you would if you didn't have, have one. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, we're going to look forward to that next book. And how can we contact you, Ms. Williams? Oh, several ways. I am, like you said, I'm Ms. Parent Guru. It's all one word uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, my website is C Lynn, C L Y N N Williams with an S dot com. And I have a Facebook page. Uh, just look for me, C G. WW Books with an S, and uh, I'd love to have continue this conversation individually. Have me come out and talk with, at your schools or at your businesses because we need to continue the conversation for success with our young people. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we don't want this conversation to go away. It's, it's been great having you, Ms. Williams. I thank you for taking no. the time. Thank you so Should much I for having me, Ms. Perdue. 
You're so welcome. Chicago's Black Business Radio Network is an Afrocentric media organization, and it's designed to express the collective interests of the black world community through its broadcast. Our guest, our guest today has been C. Lynn Williams, and uh, you can visit her at www.clynwilliams.com. I'm your host, Sonia Cassandra Purdue. The segment has been called CBBN Business Journal. This is where we share the success stories about business owners from around the world. We can share your story as well. To sponsor a show or to be a guest on CBBN Business Journal, give us a call, 773-609-2226. That's 773-609-2226. Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, all black, all news, all you. Now, this episode is over. I'm going to add it out to the beginning and everything. And it could go, I know it went longer than 30 minutes. I can go longer than 30 minutes. They just stop recording, and then when I download it, it'll have the whole show to it, okay? <laughs> so okay. I will okay. probably this week, I'm not going to say what day or when, we'll do the show page and redo it and send you a link, okay? Oh, that would be awesome. I'd love to uh, share it with, uh, all of my different Facebook groups, and um, give you a shout out. I, you know, if you will send me um, a link to CBBN, I'll put a thing up on Twitter today, and just let people know. Because um, this, I mean, I, I, what I love, I love what you're doing, um, and I, and I love how generous you have been. Um, so, you know. I, Appreciate it. Absolutely. <laughs> Truly do. Absolutely. It was a good show too. It was I like those kind of, I like those kind of conversations. Absolutely. We had to continue it one day <laughs> about parenting. They they need to hear it. They really, really do. I know they need to hear it, you know. So Well, uh, you know what, you what's really amazing go ahead. just real quick, what's amazing is that like you said, once people hear it, then it, it opens them up. It's almost like um something that you're really afraid of, I don't really want to do that, oh, no, that's okay. And then you do it, and you're like, oh, that wasn't too bad. And then that's what mm-hmm. you start looking for because you get different responses. So just let me know when, when you need another host, or I'd love to come back on and just talk. Um, not, a, not a problem at all. We'll, we'll, we'll think of another good one. <laughs> okay, see you later. Have a good day. Enjoy your day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.